You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Happy New Year, everybody. I am Chip Brown. Welcome in to the flagship podcast. I am joined, as always, by our fearless leader, the managing editor of Horns 24-7, the one and only Taylor Estes. Taylor, Happy New Year. Happy New Year, Chip, and what a way to bring in the new year for Texas fans with the news about Tom Herman being fired on a Saturday morning. Yeah, I mean, um, it uh, it didn't take long to get into the new year, and, and boom, um, Tom Herman, I'm told, was notified uh, Saturday morning around 9 o'clock by Texas Athletic Director Chris Del Conte that he was not going to be retained and then in separate zoom calls with del conte uh, the assistant coaches were notified and then the players and it was um you know difficult difficult uh zoom calls from what i hear some players were very upset about uh the decision to let go of tom herman some players feeling like they had made progress over the second half of the season um and felt um, you know, surprised. Obviously, Chris Del Conte had put out a statement um, before signing day in December, reiterating Tom Herman as, as the coach. And um, we followed up with Del Conte and said, does that mean Herman will be the coach in 2021? And he said, yes. And, and now here we are, um, you know, three weeks later. And Taylor, it, it looks like it's going to be um, Alabama offensive coordinator Steve Sarkeesian. Um, he is certainly the guy who Texas has targeted. I'm told it's, um, you know, that that deal is has been agreed to. And so you go um, and let Tom Herman go and bring in an offensive mind in Steve Sarkeesian who you would think can do battle with Lincoln Riley in terms of the X's and O's. Uh, obviously, Alabama playing for the national championship against Ohio State on January 11th. They have three of the Heisman finalists on their offense, quarterback Mac Jones, receiver Devontae Smith, and running back Najee Harris. Uh, it certainly helps when you have players like that to be averaging 48 points per game. But, um, you know, Steve Sarkeesian is a guy who has had – meh success as a head coach he was um you know he was the head coach at washington and it wasn't it wasn't great results um but he he got the job at um usc and then was 12 and 6 at usc and then was let go for um disorderly conduct and was then hired by nick saban as an analyst and ultimately became uh, the offensive coordinator of the Atlanta Falcons after Kyle Shanahan left. And after two years with the Falcons, Sarkeesian was let go, and he returned to the Alabama staff. And obviously, um, two very, very productive, successful years offensively. Uh, In 2019, Alabama's scoring offense was second only to the national champion, LSU. And this year, it's... um, 
number two only to Kent State. And remember this year was, you know, statistically very skewed. But the bottom line is, um, you know, the hope you, you bring in a Steve Sarkeesian. Um, and obviously you're hoping that he brings in a, um, you know, a home run staff uh, who can recruit and, and get this Texas program to where it's stockpiling talent the way that Alabama has. It, it's not, you're not getting Nick Saban though, Taylor. Um, <laughs> I mean, like all the New England or all the teams that hire Bill Belichick assistant coaches hoping that they'll, they'll get some, some bit of Bill Belichick when they hire his assistants, it doesn't always work out that way, but we'll see. We'll see what Steve Sarkeesian has learned from his, uh, from his past experiences as a head coach at Orgeron had, you know, he was a failure at Ole Miss, got fired at, at USC. Uh, and then, you know, showed when he took over at LSU that he had learned, um, you know, quite a bit and led LSU to a national championship. So sometimes you just have to go through the, the growing pains to learn um, how to be a better head coach. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, Chip, one thing that I know that the record at University of Washington um, that Steve Sarkeesian had may not blow people away, but something to consider in the three years prior to Steve Sarkeesian, excuse me, taking over the Washington football program, that was a that was a school that went nine and twenty five in those three years before he got there. So it was not like he took over, you know, some sort of earth shattering type of program and he tanked it. If anything, he helped Washington get better before Chris Peterson took over. After he had left for the USC job, um, you know, they went to I believe three or four straight bowl games under his watch. So it isn't necessarily went I think nine and four in his final season there. So. While the record itself may not look like something that Texas fans should, you know, open a bottle of champagne and toast over, he really did turn around that program at Washington. And I think that's yeah. a fair thing to say. Yeah. And, um, and look, he, he ends up going to USC um, and there were, you know, he got fired there because he had, um, you know, some alcohol issues and um, that's all been well-documented and, you know, he's, uh, you know, been through um, rehab and, and he's, you know, obviously shown Nick Saban that he's uh, the kind of guy who uh, has learned from his, his past mistakes. And, and now we'll see if he's, you know, ready to, to put together a, a blockbuster staff. And, and, and that's, you know, if, if you're going to look at Tom Herman and, and as we retrace the steps, and obviously we've, we've talked about where things went wrong in 2020 uh, for Tom Herman earlier this year in October. I mean, that's the, the losses to TCU in Oklahoma, the mishandling of the eyes of Texas. Um, and that, again, cannot be understated here. The, the fact that the team wasn't together standing on the field for the eyes of Texas after the OU game, there was that angered some of the, you know, the key big money guys more than the football. Mm -hmm. And there, there was a sense that Tom Herman didn't get it, that he didn't respect, um, 
you know, what he was being told from his president, Jay Hartzell and Chris Del Conte about having the team stand together for the eyes of Texas. Um, and, and that's really when the big money guys went to the UT administration and said, go talk to Urban Meyer. Mm-hmm. And that courtship started in October. It dragged on into December. I reported on December 6th that that, that flirtation had come uh, to an end because Meyer wasn't uh, feeling a return to college football because of the, the health-related stress issues, the arachnoid cyst on his, his brain lining, um, the transfer portal, a one-time transfer rule likely to be enacted in 2021. Um, but while Texas was courting Urban Meyer, they were vetting other people. And I had reported that Steve Sarkeesian was one of the first guys that, you know, they were vetting. Mm -hmm. And a big part of that is because of, you know, the offensive mind. And and you're also going to hope that he can bring in the, you know, what he's learned from being on the Alabama staff about making the right hire and in terms of a defensive coordinator and Taylor, that, that could get interesting because I've heard Will Muschamp's name. Now I've also heard Mike Stoops name um, as a possible uh, defensive assistant or at least names that Steve Sarkeesian would consider. I don't think he would consider Mike Stoops as the defensive coordinator. I think he would consider um, Will Muschamp, possibly Tosh Lapoy, former Alabama defensive coordinator who went to the NFL. Um, and so, you know, that's, uh, that's going to be interesting. I always say an offensive-minded head coach is going to be made or broken by his defensive coordinator hire. Mm-hmm. And, and so, um, you know, people are wondering, would Sarkeesian retain Chris Ash? I'm not hearing that at this point, but I, I have been told that all the assistant coaches were told they would be um, interviewed by the new head coach um, as, you know, for a possible, um, you know, position on the staff. So we'll see how that plays out. But how, how would that go with if it if Will Muschamp ended up coming back to Texas? Oh, my gosh. Coach Boom back there. I just want to see some, uh, what was it, headsets being broken that cut up in his face when he was around. I mean, that, that, you're exactly right, though, Chip, which you said, you know, the thing with an offensive-minded head coach, you have to have that A-plus type of defensive coordinator hire. That's going to be, without a doubt, Steve Sarkeesian, you know, um, if he's taken over as the head coach of Texas, that's going to be his number one priority. and. That was, in a sense, kind of Tom Herman's number one priority when he took over at Texas. And at the time, and I know some Texas fans don't even want to hear this, but at the time, Todd Orlando was considered that guy. You know, Texas ended up paying him $1.7 million to keep him on staff, which made him the highest paid assistant coach in the history of Texas football when they did give him that contract. I mean, that wasn't done for, you know, just like giggles, it was done because that's exactly what he was considered at the time at the University of Texas. And that's exactly what, you know, Steve Sarkeesian has to go after some sort of 
big name um, or whoever is the coach of Texas. I guess we're saying this as Steve Sarkeesian is assumed to be, but I trust your sources on this and everything we've heard. It seems to be going in this direction, but you know, that bit, the defensive coordinator is going to be the biggest thing that can make or break um, a coach like that. And it, on the flip side, it happens, you know, on the defense, if you have a defensive minded head coach where Charlie Strong went wrong, he didn't get that home run offensive coordinator hire, but you need that. If you are a one side of the ball type of coach, you have to have those guys on staff. So it's definitely going to be interesting to see how Texas really does kind of maneuver through the defensive coordinator, defensive staff, um, hires, but Will Muschamp at this point, I mean, that's a no-brainer, you know? I mean, sure, he hasn't he hasn't done extremely well as a head coach. However, where he did very well and where what got him a head coaching job is because of how well he performed as a defensive coordinator, how well his defense has always performed, even when he was a head coach. Yeah, yeah. And um, you know, you're you're I've heard some names, you know, Travaris Robinson, who was with Muschamp at South Carolina. Um, as Mosschamp's defensive coordinator, who I think Dan Mullen's trying to hire at Florida, um, Travaris Robinson, who's seen as an elite recruiter, um, as, as a possible secondary coach um, under Sarkeesian. Um, if, if you have Tosh Lapoy, Travaris Robinson on, on that staff, those guys are monster recruiters. And you know, I've heard there might be um, interest in from Sarkeesian in, in keeping Stan Drayton as the running backs coach. Who knows? Um, but I think Kyle Flood is a name to to keep an eye on. He's the offensive line coach at Alabama um, as a as a possible you know offensive coordinator for Sarkeesian. Yeah. at Texas. Well, and and I think Stan Drayton makes a some sense in a sense. You know what I mean? I mean the. The one position people really now some of the I guess who is you know how many carries players get and like Bijan Robinson kind of being limited to a pitch count in his true freshman year. Um, I think that makes some people maybe question, but Stan Drayton has done well at every place he's been, and he, I mean, he coached Ezekiel Elliott. You know, I mean there there are so many um, so many names that kind of follow uh, Stan Drayton as a running backs type of coach in his career that that would make sense to keep it. I mean, I'm curious for you, do you think a Chris Ash keeping him on staff? Do you think that is a home run defensive coordinator hire? If, if Sarkeesian was to retain Chris Ash. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I thought Chris Ash did a good job. I mean, his, his defense started off terribly, but they improved to Marvin Overshawn. Uh, certainly improved. Um, he went from being a liability to to becoming a, a a playmaker at weak side linebacker, and the defense got better as the year went on, and and so you know you you could you could make that argument. I I don't think that um, Sarkeesian has any connections to Chris Ash, but we'll see. I mean, all of this. Um, will play out and you never know how, how interviews can go. It's early in the process. And, um, and so we'll see as for, you know, home run hire. Um, I think that's a question that, you know, immediately people were, 
um, talking about on horns 24 seven when they heard that um, Tom Herman was being let go and that Steve Sarkeesian was the, the target of Texas to replace Herman. Um, you know, there's been kind of a mixed reaction with regard to that. Uh, you go from Urban Meyer to Steve Sarkeesian. Sarkeesian's, you know, record as a head coach is 46 and 35. That's not, that's not going to wow anyone at, at the press conference. Um, you know, especially when you're talking about the fact that Brian Kelly of Notre Dame was a guy I think Texas had had vetted and and looked into. Same um, with Matt Campbell, but you're you know you're banking on the fact that Sarkeesian, his experience um, as a former head coach who's learned now after being with Nick Saban at Alabama. Um, and obviously, uh, talented offensive mind is, you know, and it helps to have Alabama's players. I mean, don't, right. don't, don't get it twisted. I mean, when you have Mac Jones at quarterback, Najee Harris at running back and Devonte Smith, who just turned in one of the greatest seasons in college football history for a receiver, um, your job as offensive coordinator gets a whole heck of a lot easier. Mm-hmm. Texas doesn't have anyone who looks like Devonte Smith on the outside. No. So, you know, that's your, your, this is why Chris Del Conte and, and, uh, and Jay Hartzell, the, the school president, um, Kevin Altife, the Regents chair who, uh, when Texas put out the statement today, uh, about Tom Herman being let go, those were the names in the release. That's why those guys are in the positions they're in. They have to trust their instincts. They have to um, decide that, hey, this is the direction we need to go in. And, and so, you know, it's a $25 million buyout, Taylor. And that's, there's, you know, as we've reported all along, it's one thing to, to pay $25 million and buy out money for a guy like Urban Meyer. Um, and and it, it also makes you, you know, there's these these administrators were convicted in their decision to let go of Tom Herman. There, I get the feeling there's more to this story, and we'll we'll obviously look into it. But um, you know, he just didn't have goodwill built up um, among key supporters in that UT um, power structure from his own boss, Chris Del Conte and president Jay Hartzell, both of whom were upset with Herman in the way that he was not, um, you know, being detail oriented about the eyes of Texas and not, um, you know, saying he was going to handle it. And then it, it didn't get handled at the OU game. And it just, that kind of stuff can just evaporate your, your benefit of the doubt. Yeah. No, you're, I think, yeah. yeah, I think Herman had no benefit of the doubt left. And that, that's something because, look, he's won 63% of his games. He's, he had a 10-win season. If he you know, holds on to a 10-point lead in the third quarter against Iowa State, he's playing for the Big 12 championship this year. Right. Despite TCU and, and OU. So he just didn't have any goodwill in the bank. And that, that's amazing. 
Yeah. Well, and I think the thing too, cause like I, I'll admit, like I, I was hard on Charm Herman this past year. I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that he's always kind of had, he was at one point, Texas, their big money donors and everybody at Texas, he was their guy at one point. And I, and I've heard from multiple sources that Tom Herman came into the university of Texas knowing he was essentially untouchable for a while because you can't fire a coach who you just fired. You know, if you're coming off of a coach who was fired you know, three years into his contract when he has a five-year deal, you can't back that up by firing a coach, you know, two or three years into his deal. And that was something that Tom Herman, his mentality from multiple sources that I've talked to about the situation that were close to Tom Herman had said that was the mentality he had. He came in thinking he was untouchable. So he didn't do the little things that you have to do. And I know that some of the big money brass and big money donors at the University of Texas were probably a little bit spoiled in a sense when Mac Brown was there because Mac was the poster child of how to play up the PR role and play up the big money and getting that support from the university level, Charlie Strong never, get, I think, got the opportunity to even get that support from the university level, but Tom Herman did, and he didn't do it. And I think that, you know, he had been pointing all along to 2020 being the year. I think that in, a, in addition to them not being able to even play for a Big 12 title, you're right. And I think his that mentality, that kind of arrogance that he thought he was untouchable is why the eyes of T Texas situation happened. I don't think that he truly believed that he needed to answer for that. And he was very dismissive even when he was asked about it until it became a big issue. And that was after the Oklahoma game. And then he addressed it. But, you know, I think that he, it, you know, with that type of um, ego, I guess, I, I think it's fair to say that it's his ego that he had when he came to the University of Texas. If you think that you're untouchable, you're going to get a harsh dose of reality when things turn south. And here, you know, 63% of games, that sounds great. But Chip, let's be honest, if you and I only achieved 63% of our goals at Horns 24-7 month in and month out, do you think we'd be retained? That's a uh, D yeah. average. Yeah, like that's not a passing grade. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so I think that, you know, um, the fact that he didn't, he thought that way, he thought he was untouchable. He thought that, you know, he was going to be able to ride out his contract when he got the extension that went, you know, went over Chris Del Conte's head, as you had reported um, about that after the 2018 season. I mean, all of those things kind of, it was the way that this has played out was just kind of a summation of Tom Herman's entire tenure at Texas is just kind of the arrogance, the ego took control. And that ended up being his, the thing that basically led to him getting fired. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, look, when I mean Texas puts its own unique um, spin on head football coaching situations, there's no doubt about it. Back in in 2013, you had the big money guys, uh, you know, trying to to get after Nick Saban. Well, now they're they're getting after Nick Saban's offensive coordinator, and as we mentioned, Alabama will play. Um, for the national championship against Ohio State on January 11th, and and so, um, you know, it's not Nick Saban, but it is uh, someone from Nick Saban's staff, and um, and what a day today, Taylor, because uh, on the same day that Tom Herman is let go as football coach, Shaka Smart and the Texas Longhorns uh, went up to 
Allen Fieldhouse and destroyed the uh, Kansas Jayhawks. So um, big day for the Longhorns today. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. And uh, a little behind the scenes note, I had sent this in our group text after Texas destroyed Kansas in that game. And I said to everyone, is anyone else surprised that Shaka Smart outlasted Tom Herman? Because I, for one, <laughs> a little bit. Oh, man. For sure. Yeah. And Greg Brown, the super freshman, only played 16 minutes in this game and, um, you know, had some foul trouble, was only two of six shooting. He only had five points. And Texas still won 84 to 59. I'll tell you what, the, the defense that Shaka Smart's team is playing is has been special. And Kai Jones coming in off the bench with a huge, huge uh, performance. Um, just a fun team to watch. There's no, there's no doubt about it. Shocking All right, we'll listen. Nine lives, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. So, what, uh, when can people expect to, uh, to hear us again as we now phase out of football season into our, into our off-season schedule for the flagship podcast? Yeah, so our plan is going to be, as uh, our flagship podcast, our loyal listeners knew, we had to kind of shift things around during football season due to our interview podcasts. You know, we used to do that on Mondays, um, and we plan to get back to that, but we expect to return to a Monday-Wednesday scheduling, whether it's Chip and I talking twice a week or having an interview podcast on Monday, we will always have our Wednesday episode of the flagship podcast with a Chips and My commentary, which is also available over at the 24-7 Sports YouTube channel. If you want to see Chip's beautiful face, um, you can watch uh, it too on Wednesday. So that's the plan moving forward. We're going to go back to our pre-football season plan and then, you know, moving forward, probably next football season, kind of return to the Wednesday, Thursday release. But Monday, Wednesday, we're getting back to that plan. So uh, stay tuned for that. All right. Well, listen, um, get over to Horns 24-7 for all the latest regarding uh, the football coaching change at Texas. And Hold on. Texas I got I to give you credit real quick, Chip. Sorry to cut you off. But Chip, you have been ahead of the game nonstop on this whole situation. I've seen you do this for years. We've worked together for years. However, Chip Brown deserves a ton of credit because he gets a lot, a lot of flack a lot of times um, for being someone who goes out on a limb and reports the things that can be, you know, scary in a sense, not scary, but you, you sometimes get a little worried when they're, you're the following that Chip has and you put your name out there because people listen. So kudos to Chip Brown, an amazing way to end 2020, enter 2021. And uh, you just deserve a lot of credit, man. So I just wanted to pump you up a little bit and say thank you for being so good at your job. Well, I appreciate you, Taylor. Thank you for everything you do for Horns 24-7. And um, look, it's going to be a, a wild, exciting 2021, hopefully um, less exciting because of COVID, yes. more exciting because of the actual football uh, that will be taking place for the Longhorns. And of course, they'll be opening the new south end of DKR in August. and so. Um, a lot of excitement coming in to uh, Texas football. Get over to Horns 24-7 for all the latest. And, uh, and thanks so much for listening to the flagship podcast for Taylor Estes. I am Chip Brown. 
Happy New Year and stay safe and keep the faith. The wait is over. The Shy returns with new episodes on Paramount+. Plus. What brings you to the show? Opportunity. Everybody get down! Walk right up to the side. A new rain is coming to the south side. Never should have sent a boy to do a woman's job. The Shy. New episodes now streaming. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash The Shy to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with the Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. The subscription auto renews. Restrictions apply.